Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Go Jump at Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. And making her debut on the show is Columbus Rapids midfielder Megan Byers. Scored the first goal in Rapids women's franchise history. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. I'm really excited to have you on the show. It's been a while. I know we've talked about you coming on the show. I've had some of your teammates on the show, including Olivia Gerald and Brittany Conway. And we're just excited about Columbus Rapids soccer. Just indoor soccer was born in the Fountain City. I'm glad that I got to be a part of it. You made history when you scored the first goal in franchise history to make it a 1-1 tie against the Memphis Americans in the first game. I remember how incredible that goal was. I had to go back and look at the film. It was not in the middle. of It was actually right where the yellow line is. And, and, but it was just a great goal, top shelf in the corner. And your teammates got excited. And, and you made history, uh, Rapids history. And, and then I had you on the Off the Wall show to talk about it. Uh, what was that feeling like, scoring the first goal in franchise history? Yeah, I think that it was a lot of sort of relief that we were, you know, very much in that game with Memphis on their turf. So having your first game be away is always a challenge, especially for a brand new game, which indoor was for all of us. Uh, And I think we were just really happy to get our feet under us and feel like we were, you know, really competing. Uh, But it was a great moment for I think everyone out on the turf and to look around and see my teammates celebrating with me is you know something that I'll hold on to for a long time and the good thing about your play was that you were the most incredible teammate and you were uh, reliable I believe you you and Brittany played in just about every game I don't know if the two of us played every game the season was not the way you guys wanted to end uh, losing to Rome uh, but you had a lot of momentum and was able to beat every team in the NISL. I honestly feel, Megan, if you were at full strength, if you had all your players, yourself, Olivia Gerald, Casey Hall, Brianna Conley, Emily Burke, and then the the Maddie twins, as we like to call them, Maddie DeFranco and Maddie Peterson, uh, that you were capable of beating anybody. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think we also felt that way, that, you know, we, if we were – I guess if it was just up to us, if we had our full team and we were, you know, traveling and getting the right meals and all that stuff that we we really could have come out on top. Now, year two is going to look slightly different. You're going to have a new coach. There's two new expansion teams in the NISL. You have the Tampa Bay Strikers and the Central Florida Crusaders. 
so that's a nice road trip that you, you're going to mm-hmm. be able to do. And are you looking forward to seeing these uh, two new expansion teams in the NISO? Yeah, I think I have I have big expectations for two teams in Florida. It's always been a kind of hot spot for soccer anyway. Um, and they've been able to, to see what the first year looked like. Uh, they're not going to deal with some of the growing pains that we necessarily had to with learning a, a game from scratch with no, you know, we had no film reference or um, we got the rule book like the week of the first game. And so they'll be coming into it a little bit more prepared, I expect. And so uh, I think that there'll be two significant challenges for us on top of what whatever else we face this year being an indoor soccer player i mean it transitions to the outdoor game all the time your teammate emily burke just won a championship in the nsl with tormenta fc congratulations to her i mean she's going on and playing outdoor soccer brianna conley is playing at georgia southern in fact there was an exhibition game against auburn university and it was just nice to see former coaches and and players supporting her at Auburn University as she makes this journey playing collegiate soccer. You actually are a very special player that plays for the Rapids because you are from Columbus, so you're playing for the hometown team. You went to Columbus High School, but what made you decide to go play collegiate soccer outside of the Fountain City? You went to South Carolina. What made you decide to go play for the Gamecocks? Yeah, so South Carolina was a school I was interested in outside of soccer, and and playing in college wasn't something I was necessarily 100% committed to throughout high school, so I didn't follow some of the same recruiting steps that other players do, and it was somewhat last minute and unconventional the way that I ended up there, and I have a a lot of credit to give to uh, Coach Jay at CSU. Uh, He was extremely influential in getting me a spot at South Carolina because of his relationship with Shelly and Jamie Smith, who are still the coaches there. Um, I was coming off injury playing my senior year and uh, he recommended they take a look at me since I was planning to attend the university anyway. Uh, And it was a really great experience to be on, on that team. It's an incredibly professional program with, you know, as a SEC school great resources. It's an incredibly competitive conference to be a part of. And getting to be an SEC champion my freshman year is just something that uh, I hope to be able to repeat with the Rapids because it's just, it's a feeling like no other to just, you know, really be on top. And after you left college, you went to go play for the club team in Columbus, the Columbus Red Star, which is now Concord Fire FC. But you just love the game and you love playing indoor soccer, outdoor soccer. They really just coincide with each other. It really doesn't matter. Even though they're two very different games, if you're an indoor soccer player, you could transition to being an outdoor player. But the time was right. Columbus was announced as a a city that will be awarded a franchise. And then the Columbus Rapids was born. It was a very unique opportunity because they were fielding a women's team and a men's team. And so in the back of your mind, what made you decide to try out for the Rapids? This may not be the the best answer, but to be honest, it was sort of out of just curiosity of what what was going to be going on. I never really expected to be a starter or a full-time player. I kind of just wanted to see what was going to be going on and what it was about. I stopped playing early in college because of injury and 
Uh, it was a really long road to come back to playing, and I, I wasn't even really fully back when the announcement was made. Today, actually, is my five-year anniversary of one of my surgeries that I had. And so it was just, you know, a really long road. I thought it was great that Columbus was getting a team, but kind of didn't expect anything to come of it for me personally as a player. But I really wanted to meet some of the people involved and just kind of go out and have some fun. It grew into something much different than that, obviously. And that's why I'm here talking to you now. But yeah, that was the sort of the mindset I had going into that first tryout. All right, and you are a fan of Atlanta United. Uh, your teammate, Brittany Conway, is a fan of the Seattle Sounders. Uh, did you guys uh, r- notice that the Atlanta played Seattle this past weekend? And, uh, we were actually both at the game. That is awesome. Yes. That must have been some trash talking going back and forth between you two. Oh, not too bad. Uh, I, I would say Britt Brit is one of the teammates I've gotten the – the joy of staying relatively close to so you know some banter between us might occur but of course no hard feelings ever and she was in the Atlanta United supporter section so she couldn't say too much oh but it was nice Atlanta United finally gets the victory over the Seattle Sounders I know that I've seen them go up to Seattle and get a tie but mm-hmm. I've, I've yet I don't think Atlanta's ever beaten Seattle I think that that might have been the first time maybe maybe twice I don't know yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm honestly not the best at keeping up with the stats. Um, I'm really lucky that I have I have a brother who just hap- like somehow knows all of the sports stats. So whenever I have a question, I always just go to him. And he was at the game with me, so I'm sure he told me at some point. But I'm uh, at a point now where I just like watching the game. And I, it was really fun to be there for a win, though. That's for sure. That last goal from Gutman was one that. I think even better enjoyed in person. So uh, let's move on to college football. You, you are a South Carolina Gamecock fan. <laughs> I am. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there with them through some better years. Uh, my time there coincided with Connor Shaw, so it was good days to be a Gamecock fan. So that was the Steve Spurrier years or the Will Muschamp years? That was the Steve Spurrier years. Yep. So do you remember a uh, a running back named uh, Marcus Lattimore? I know Marcus. Yep. We uh we came in the same year together. So being both being athletes, we did we had a lot of overlap. And did you go to school with Jadavian Clowney? I did. All right. That actually was pretty good years for South Carolina. They won the SEC East. And they played Auburn in the SEC championship. Yeah. I want to say in 2010. It was the 2011 season. That was the year that Auburn went on to win the national championship led by Cam mm-hmm. Newton. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- those are good times. And I believe good times are coming for South Carolina. They got a talented quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Yeah. And I think that uh, Georgia's a favorite to win the SEC East, but I think that South Carolina can give Georgia a run for their money. Yeah, I'm I'm a, a fan that's happy as long as we're competing. I mean, of course, wins are better, but as long as we're staying in the game and not getting blown out, that's that's kind of all I'm asking for at this point. But I think Shane Beamer is going to do some good things for the program, and um, it's been interesting to see someone who I knew as a coach take over as AD and like how things have changed over the years um, throughout the whole athletic department. But I'm... I'm thinking this is going to be an upswing year for them. And, you know, you have a powerhouse 
when it comes to women's basketball. Don Staley and what they're doing. Yeah. It's incredible. They are they are the next UConn. Yeah, I they're already up there with them. I mean, UConn just had a run for so long. So it's kind of like the UNC of women's soccer where they just have all those early years swallowed up. And so it's hard to catch up for stats wise, hard to catch up. But yeah, South Carolina and the SEC in general has become a lot more competitive in women's basketball. I think Mississippi State has done really well recently. And so that and I think even in the men's side, SEC basketball has picked up as of late. Yeah, a little bit. Now you went to Columbus High School. A lot of great athletes came from Columbus High. Frank Thomas, yeah. Sam Mitchell. You know, just a lot of... Uh, Jordan Weems. Jordan Weems, yeah. He was my year. Okay, yeah. Of You're a Columbus Blue Devil. You, you root for the football team. I know we got high school football coming up. Columbus takes on Northside on August the 19th at Kennett Stadium. That is a big rivalry game. They move down to 3A. They're going to end up taking on Carver in a region game. And uh, they got a pretty... Uh, tough schedule but do, do you follow Columbus High football I do and I, I mean you always support your as an alum right but of course. Uh, I haven't caught any games as of late maybe that will change being local again but yeah it's it's been funny just to be back at Kinnett a little bit uh, maybe I make it out to a game sometime soon you know, you are recognizable in this community as a Columbus Rapid. I mean, that's something that you should be proud of, something you should embrace, that you're part of the group of professional athletes that are from Columbus that play professionally here in Columbus. Yeah, I, I think I would love to get some more of us that are could be considered homegrown. Not that recruiting outside of Columbus is going to be helpful for the program because it, it definitely would be extremely welcome to bring some outside talent but to be able to be from here and represent the team is you know it's a it's a different feeling and it's just cool that something's happening here where I have so much history it absolutely is I had Brian Trepanier on the show and he is a pitcher for the Columbus Chattahoots and it meant so much to him playing in front of the fans at historic Golden Park and in front of Columbus residents because, you know, he played baseball at Shaw, but he went to Augusta University, uh, played Little League at Northern Little League. And so just being here from Columbus and being a professional athlete living in Columbus is really a great feeling and just so happy to have you as, as part of the Columbus Rapids team. And now we move on to year two, December. It's going to be here before you know it, Megan. Are, uh, are you training or what, what do you got going on in the offseason? Um, yeah, so I've been, and things have slowed down lately, but over the summer, uh, I was training with a team in the same league as Emily Burke. So in the USLW, um, out, out of Peachtree City, it was a bit of a tough commute. <laughs> so I didn't get to be as committed to it as I would have liked, uh, just with maintaining a full-time job, but it was really great to be back at outdoor and, and meet a whole new group of players. I actually trained, um, with Carly Banks, who played for Rome last year. We were both playing in, at MOBA. And that lasted until July. And then since then, a number of us uh, Rapids are playing co-ed out at the adult league. So it's been fun to play with and against each other. I'm on a team with Sydney Vadney. Uh, and we are going to play against 
Brit Conway soon. Um, so that's been kind of fun just to be back and it's 6v6, so pretty transferable to indoor as far as numbers on the field. Um, but, you know, it's a different game when you have out-of-bounds and different rules and stuff. But uh, it's something to keep a little touch on the ball and, and fitness going. Outside of that, it's it's sort of time to, to kick back into gear. Uh, I've enjoyed a little break. I think my body enjoyed a break. Uh, the season was definitely hard on a lot of us not just the older players on the team like myself, but I'm, I'm hoping to come into it with a, a good level of fitness this year. And I can't wait. Second season in the NISL. I was talking to your general manager, Warren. Uh, the schedule probably will not come out until October. And so I'm looking forward to seeing the two new teams in the NISL. So you'll have three games going on at once. I know that if you played Memphis, well, that just means that Fayetteville was playing Rome. Well, now you got six teams in the NISL at least. I mean, who knows how many more will be joining uh, maybe next season. But I think that we'll welcome the Tampa Bay Strikers and the Central Florida Crusaders with open arms. I like the fact that the Tampa Bay Strikers head coach is a former NFL kicker. Uh, Martin Gramatica, who kicked for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was wondering if he – I haven't looked into him enough to know if he has any background in soccer, but um, my first thought was maybe he watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, that's funny. And then, of course, the Central Florida Crusaders. Uh, it looks like uh, University of Central Florida's colors. I mean, it, it does. Uh, yeah, that was my first reaction as well. Oh, that's that's going to be some fun road trips. I mean, I'm hoping like they'll schedule like you'll go to Tampa Bay and then you'll go to Orlando and and you'll get a break in between those two uh, opponents, and and you guys can uh, go down there and just enjoy the cities. You know, enjoy Orlando, what what it has to offer, and and, and may, maybe go to Disney World or Universal Studios. I mean, I, I think uh, I get, you got to take advantage of those road trips. Yeah, that would be nice. I I have no idea um, what it's going to be like. Which I'm just trying to go in as open minded as possible, similar to last year uh, with with no expectations and and sort of just try to have fun with it. Well, I'm looking forward to year two because I know I'm going to have an opportunity to call the games and possibly get some more help as far as uh, color commentators. But uh, I know I'm excited. I know there's a lot to talk about as we recap season one and uh, you guys did great. Uh, I really appreciated just your season in year one and the effort that you had. And uh, there was a lot of great moments. I mean, you guys uh, really played hard. And Memphis has got a target on their back. I mean, that's that's a team that I know that you guys are going to be circling on the calendar uh, every time uh, you face them. And uh, there's just something about, you know, the Angel Haley wins goalkeeper of the year. Well, I mean, she didn't have a backup goalkeeper, so her stats were just incredible. But uh, I still think that Bria Riancho is the best goalkeeper in the NISL. Well, I mean, Corey said that himself, so I don't think there's much argument for it. Oh, don't get me wrong. Angel Haley had a great season, but when you don't have a backup goalkeeper and your defense, uh, Memphis it actually preaches defense, and uh, she didn't have a whole lot of shot attempts. I mean, Bria Riancho actually had a better save percentage. Yeah, and that's a that's maybe a larger conversation. But yeah, I think we all know who the most talented goalkeeper in the league is. Absolutely. And I was actually seeing pictures on Facebook 
Uh, Bria Riancho is actually doing a great job in the offseason playing kickball. Have, have you heard about this? I have not, but I'll be sure to ask her. Uh, that sounds like something I'd like to see. That, yeah, I, I actually follow a kickball league on Facebook, and, and I, I saw some pictures because I actually wanted to join the league. It, it kind of conflicted with my work. And lo and behold, Bria is, is actually in the photos, and I'm like, that's probably a great training workout to be a goalkeeper you're out in the outfield and you're you're trying to trying to feel the, the those kickballs out there that's great workout for her we did have the only goalkeeper to score and she in fact had two goals so yes um, absolutely it's unfortunate that doesn't go into play for the the award but yeah she was definitely the most effective and uh contributing goalkeeper and i'm really excited about the season I'm really looking forward to seeing you back, Brittany Conway, Olivia Gerald. Uh, it, it's just going to be exciting. I'm, I'm more likely uh, Maddie DeFranco and Maddie Peterson. I, I don't know if they're still at Columbus State, but uh, they'll probably they've both, be... yeah, they've both graduated. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, oh, if they're I'm... still in in the area uh, post graduation or not. Well, I, w- I want to talk about your former coach, uh, head coach Miguel Galindo, because he wasn't afraid to sign players. Whatever it took to win, he was going to sign players. And he was signing the Maddie Twins, as I like to call them, Maddie DeFranco and Maddie Peterson. He was signing them really late in the season. Same with head coach Eddie Miranda. I mean, he was signing Gabadabo toward the end of the season, Sammy Valdivia. It's really hard to actually get a full team throughout the season to gel together. But when you have the players ready to go, you pretty much have a vision of what you want to do. And now you've had an offseason to work out on an indoor field. You know, the turf is there at the Columbus Civic Center. I know the Columbus Lions play there. I'm sure that you guys have had practice facilities where you're able to play on that turf. And you didn't have that when you first started. You guys were playing in a high school gymnasium. Yeah, we have not been able to get in the Civic Center turf. But actually, Um, there's a turf in the ice rink, right, next door? Yeah, we've only had the one tryout, but I don't know about the men's team, but the women's team has not been able to get onto it. It, That would be nice. I hope it starts soon, and I hope we're able to get some training down on turf this year. I think it would make a huge difference. We were the only team not able to do that last year in the league, so uh, as even if it was sparse, I know the other teams were getting sessions on turf and with walls up so I think it's something that would make a a world of a difference for us the late signings helped us a lot last year but I think what will help us even more is if we can get a consistent group training together that is aware of the strategy we're going after and um, one of the challenges with transitioning to indoor is the subbing is so wildly different than outdoor it's on the fly and when the music's playing and you can't hear and you need to kind of know what to expect and what to look for, which hopefully will work out if we get to train in a, in a sort of similar environment to where games will be played. Um, that's something that was really, really difficult to practice uh, in the high school gym. Yeah. So if we can get a consistent team sort of started out from the beginning, I think it'll be a huge game changer for us. And I also think that having the advantage of 14 players at home compared to 12, which most times you guys didn't even have 12 players to dress on during road games, but that is a huge home field advantage. And uh, you guys did take advantage of it. I mean, you struggled on the road. You only had the one victory against Fayetteville, but came playoff times. It was a neutral field. Everybody dressed the same players. 
I know I was talking to other broadcasters, the NISL, and they were they were talking. Well, the Memphis Americans were uh, they already clinched their playoff spot, so you know they they didn't try that hard. Uh, that's why you guys were able to get that victory on March the thirty first. But I mean, I mean, you guys went toe to toe with Memphis. I remember that overtime game when Casey Hall you know got that penalty kick. I mean, that was just incredible. I mean, Memphis. I know that they were making excuses that they were playing a back-to-back on the road, but, you know, there's no more excuses anymore. I believe that the schedule is going to favor the teams where they're spreading out most of the games. And I think the season is going to start earlier. You might see a season where it starts in early December. Yeah, I think a little bit more rest time between games will do a lot of good for us as well. Um, I think it was a a combination of a lot of things, but a number of us were are feeling pretty battered by the time we got to playoffs and we were on our third game in a row by the time we got to playoffs and traveling, which made it especially difficult. We didn't send any players up early. Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't take it easy. We wanted to put on a really good show for military appreciation, which was the night before playoffs, which hopefully will come earlier this year. I think we had a, an awesome crowd there. And if we could duplicate that a little bit earlier in the season, it's something that really ties us to our community. We have a, maybe similar to Fayetteville, but we have a, a unique presence and connection to our military here in Columbus. Now I do want to talk about that military night because me up there, up in the broadcast booth, I, I admit I got a little tear eyed. Bree Canty, who's also an officer in the United States army. When they announced her and she shook the hand of the two-star general stationed at Fort Benning, I mean, that was a very powerful moment, especially on military night. And I know that yeah. meant a lot to her. It meant a lot to her to actually get into the game. Yeah, I uh, I know maybe shouldn't, but I love to take a little bit of credit for getting Bree involved in the Rapids. We met out at co-ed before the Rapids were even a topic of, you know, I had no idea that that was coming. And we randomly got put on the same co-ed team. So that's how we met. And she was pretty recently graduated from West Point where she played soccer. And I was just, you know, thrilled to have her on my co-ed team because she's a great athlete and a great soccer player and even better, just human being. I was texting her uh, after the tryout because she wasn't there. And actually, once the season got started, she kind of was putting me off and she was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, but maybe next year. And she was a new mom, which I understood. Um, and I was trying to be really respectful of that, but I knew she was someone who could make an impact and her tie to Fort Benning was special as well. And, uh, I was really happy she made the decision to come and, and join the team and be a part of it. She's just a great person and an athlete and her family is amazing too. So I have no shortage of great things to say about Bree and any positive thing that happens for her. I'm, I'm twice as happy. Well, Megan, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and being a guest on the show. And, uh, you know, the Columbus Rapids will always have a special place in my heart because they've given me the opportunity to get back into broadcasting. And I really enjoyed just hanging out with the team at Ivy Park after the game or or getting, you know, you guys to sign autographs or, you know, having to, you know, I got I was taking pictures with some of the Rapids players. You know, it meant a lot for them as well. And, and you guys really are role models to these young girls in Columbus that play soccer. And, and I'm still trying to get my girls to play soccer, but they're <laughs> in a, they're into gymnastics instead, but I won't hold that against them. 
Yeah, well, it's always so fun to have someone as enthusiastic as you are about what we're doing. And, you know, hopefully that can trickle out into the community. And I'm looking forward to having some good crowds this year and, and interacting with more people at the games. So I appreciate you having me on and spending some time to talk through the upcoming season. That was Megan Byers, a forward midfielder for the Columbus Rap and a local from Columbus and just a great personality, a great teammate and, and a great guest. And I wish you the best of luck next season, Megan. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the podcast. I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.